It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Welcome to Pantsuit Politics, where a woman from the right and a woman from the left accessorize the news with a fresh perspective. Hi, this is Sarah Holland from the left and Beth Silvers from the right. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics. Thank you all for joining us. We'd really love to ask you right at the top to sign up for our new email. We've sort of reformatted it. it. We're adding new content. We're putting in show notes with links. Um, We pinned the sign-up form to the top of our Facebook page and our Twitter feed. So if you'd like to get every new episode of Pantsuit Politics directly in your inbox, um, go ahead and sign up. 
We also are just so excited and honored to be featured this coming Saturday on an awesome website, Unchained Jane. Um, This website has some hilarious content. There's just great writing. And uh, they reached out to us and asked us to do an interview. And I have to tell you that I was a little bit intimidated by the thoughtfulness of all of their questions. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Uh, Sarah and I both responded. So I think it'll be um, hopefully as much fun to read as it was to write. And we've just really enjoyed interacting with and getting to know some of the folks at Unchained Jane. So that will be up on Saturday. And we hope you'll check it out. And Beth called me Julia Sugarbaker, which is basically the biggest compliment of my life. I am so happy that you know Julia Sugarbaker. Like, when I'm I wrote s- it, I thought, Does, do people know this? Like, surely oh. Designing Women is still a thing? If they don't, I don't want to be friends with them. I'm a huge Designing Women fan. My college roommate was a Golden Girls fan. It caused some strife. I mean, I think you can be both. You can, technically. But, <laughs> but I am solely devoted. And it's actually really appropriate because I would argue that 75% of my political beliefs came from growing up watching Designing Women, which was a very political show. It was a very important and groundbreaking show for sure. Mm -hmm. And now we have sufficiently dated ourselves. (laughs) I don't care. I will proudly date myself if it means claiming Julia Sugarbaker and Dixie Carter. (laughs) So we also wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone for the positive feedback we got to um, our episode on abortion. It was a tough subject to tackle and, you know, it was sort of nerve wracking the whole time. I I can only speak for myself, but it was sort of nerve wracking the whole time worrying about offending someone or speaking insensitive about a topic that um, holds a great emotional value to a lot of people. So um, we did our best and it was really great to hear that you guys responded well to the discussion. Yeah, I agree. I spent the whole time just kind of sweating, like, how to, because it's such a personal issue, um, and you want to be able to talk about it as a policy matter, but it's just way more than that, you know, for, Uh for, I think for any woman, and especially a woman who's ever confronted a decision like that. And so um, it was just really kind of overwhelming and moving to me to hear from so many of you about it. And um, I, I appreciate it. And I particularly appreciate all the sort of hey, Beth's kind of a reasonable Republican, and I've never met one of those. (laughs) That seems to be a consistent feedback we get as we're running through our Friday feedback. It's thematic, you know, and uh, that and my sort of delicious dish voice, um, which, you know, (laughs) thank you. Thank you for hanging with me through that. Um, So uh, the other thing we have heard some of, and I I think this is like really helpful feedback. And so uh, we're really taking it into account that the people would like for us to approach things with a little bit more of a journalistic style. Um, And Sarah and I've been talking a lot about this and we have just quickly amassed such a cool community of people um, listening to this show. So we would love to start incorporating more of your expertise. So hearing from you about, um, you know, maybe coming on the show for an interview on a topic that's important to you or uh, directing us to uh, things that in in your life experience would make interesting topics. So we're going to do our best to kind of more fully flesh out 
especially the opposing positions on each issue, while still getting to what is really our guiding light, which is, you know, where can we agree and how can we move forward with all this context in mind? So thank you for the feedback. Thank you particularly to the people who give us feedback um, with sort of a recognition of where we are in the life cycle of this podcast. Um, I just see a lot of grace from those listeners. And I think that's something that I'm always trying to tell myself about this podcast too. You know, we're new to it. Um, There are limited number of hours in the day and um, energy in the world. So it's just really helpful to hear your constructive feedback um, with it, with the kind of note of, Hey, this will evolve over time. And that's certainly our intention to get better every time. And with that, we're going to wrap up our Friday feedback and move into the briefcase where we send you into the weekend with a little more detail on one news story we're paying close attention to. So, Beth, we really wanted to dive in in a little more detail to the State of the Union address. Well, we have to. It's a big deal. It's It's a big deal. It's it's the last one of the Obama administration. And... Also, we had such a good time watching it with everyone on Twitter. Yeah, we really did. Everybody was super interactive and also hilarious, which is the most important part when you're watching something like the State of the Union. It was like my most enjoyable State of the Union watching experience, I have to say. Well, I totally agree. And I loved the mix of like the truly sort of meaty, substantive comments along with sort of... Uh, what do we think about Paul Ryan's smirk and uh, what are Joe and Paul discussing up there? You know, so I I think it was a uh, nuanced and diverse discussion, which I appreciated. Absolutely. Um, You know, usually I turn on the state of the union and I want to be a good citizen and pay attention in about 20 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, what's on somewhere else. But I thought actually, and based in part on our Twitter discussions, but also, so that I can start giving my positive feedback to President Obama. I thought it was just a very, I mean, it was true to what he said it was going to be, which was lighter and shorter. And, I mean, there were, like, some truly informal moments that I don't know what other people thought about them, but I really loved the, the overall tone of the speech. I thought it was almost conversational at points. What did you think? I liked that aspect of it. Now, I, I'm sure that I did not receive some of those conversational moments um, in the same way that you did. Um, but no, I did like that it was more informal. I, that whole, the whole um, kind of atmosphere of it has to evolve, don't you think? Uh-huh. I mean, it just, we're just, we don't have the appetite. I mean, he, he said it was going to be shorter and it was. It was still long. Yeah. And and I think that it's going to continue to evolve. And you made a point about the the response afterward. That format desperately needs to change. And we can talk oh, more about that. People. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So with Barack Obama's last day of the union, he had four kind of major points he went through for anybody who didn't catch the, the entirety of the speech. Uh, first, he started off with he wants to make sure everyone has um, sort of equal access and a fair shot at this kind of new changing economy. Um, he talked a little bit about how he, how people are being struggling under this economy and adapting and the way things are changing. He gave Paul Ryan a shout out on his um, recent forum to try to alleviate poverty, which I thought was really nice. Did that right at the top of the speech. Then he moved on to um, how do we make technology work for us, um, particularly with regards to climate change. And he kind of did this very stirring analogy to the moon and um when sputnik came along we didn't kind of dial it back or question the science we just got a man on the moon within you know so and so months kind of did this very rousing part of that 
Um, he also talked about using technology to cure cancer and, and kind of put Joe Biden in charge of it, which was a nice moment. Although I do have a criticism of that that I'll get to in a second. Um, how do we keep, then he moved on to how to, to the foreign policy section. How do we keep America safe and lead the world without becoming its policeman? Um, had a real, what, what I would describe as a mic drop moment where he was basically like, like, don't question me. If you want to question my dedication to keeping America safe, ask Osama bin Laden, which I thought was kind of. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say ballsy, but ballsy. Um, and then his last point, he moved on to how can we make our politics reflect what's best in us and not what's worst, um, which I really, really, really enjoyed. He started the section with calling for an end to gerrymandering, which is something I've been kind of on a soapbox about for a long while. It's what I tell people, like, if you don't like politics, if you don't like politicians, you need to hate the game, not the player, because the way these districts are drawn um, – in a partisan way so that what you end up is with, you know, ideologues and people who don't have to be centrist and people who don't have to work with people from the other side because they're in these super safe districts. It's just, it's really, 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 I think one of the biggest problems with our political system. So he called for an end to that and he obviously a limit to the big money in politics and um, restrictions on voting rights saying it should be, we should be making it easier for people to vote, not harder. Um, and did this really kind of interesting, let's, this was, uh, I thought, the most conversational part of the speech. Like, just looking around the room and just looking at these people in Congress saying, like, I know you don't like the tone of this any more than I do. And he said, like, it was one of the greatest regrets of his, preg- or of his pregnancy, of his presidency, that the tone had become so harsh and so divisive in Washington and that he really hoped that we could move past this and we have to work together. And I just thought it was really... A really great section of the speech. Overall, I obviously loved it. I think it was a big send up to people um, to support President Obama. I think it was a a very like, look at what we've done. We're doing great work. Be hopeful. Don't be cynical. We're going to move forward. We're going to keep doing great things together. Um, kind of touched on his successes. I mean, it wasn't like a you know this legislative laundry list, which is usually what makes the State of the Union so boring. Um, and was more focused on where are we going to be in five years and this kind of vision. And listen, say what you want about Barack Obama. He is good at that. The man is good at vision. And so I really enjoyed the speech. I thought it was uplifting and positive. And um, my only criticism, going back to what I said before, is I, <clears throat> I don't know for anybody who's seen um, the, the, I think it's called The Emperor of All Maladies. Have you seen this, the PBS documentary about cancer, Beth? I have not. It's really, really good. And they kind of just do this, like, stop saying we're going to cure cancer. And they t- they show all these State of the Unions where presidents have said, we've gonna, we've, we're going to cure cancer, we're going to cure cancer. Because cancer is so, it's such a big thing. There's so many different types. Like, it's just sort of, it's, it's not acknowledging the real science and reality of cancer to say these big, like, listen, nobody wants to cure cancer more than Biden, he just lost a son. I mean, I want to cure cancer, but it doesn't, you know, it's not really, that's not where we are anymore. That's not really what the science of cancer tells us. Um, so I was kind of disappointed to that kind of like, I don't know. I always feel like he's, he's into the nuance and it was, it was not acknowledging of the nuance of that struggle against something as big as cancer. That being said, please, you know, obviously I support a cured cancer and I hope they do this, but I, that was the only moment where I was like, Oh, come on. Like it's bigger than that. It's harder than that. Let's just acknowledge that. But other than that, love the speech. 
Well, I had, um, I have points of agreement with the speech. You know, I didn't hate it. I'll start there. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, I, I liked the theme throughout of American exceptionalism. I'm a sucker for that. I said that on Twitter. I just, I like, I like the optimism and I like the continued refrain that America is the greatest country on earth. Um, just a side note, I really like what Liz Mayer is doing right now um, in opposition to Donald Trump. She has this pack, super pack going that's like, make America awesome because it's already great. And <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Um, so anyway, I like the American exceptionalism. I like the economic optimism. The numbers are what they are. Um, we all know that to greater and lesser extents, presidents can take credit for that. Congress can take credit mm-hmm. for it. I mean, th- you know, the policy is a piece of that. Life cycle is a piece of, I mean, there are a lot of factors, but I still think it's fine to talk about it and celebrate it. You know, um, I, I still have issues with what happened in the auto industry and am c- concerned about its continued viability and think there's some uh, cognitive disconnect between um, sort of the environmental policy of this administration and its simultaneous push of cars, cars, cars out of Detroit. But you know what? Still... You did what you said you were going to do. People voted for that agenda. He delivered it. So good, good for him. You know, um, I appreciate the com- the comments about innovation, especially around climate change. I-, I like the curing cancer moment because I do think this is a forum that requires a little bit of dreaming big. Yeah. Um, and, and then I and then I also liked the comment that was dreaming a little bit smaller, but but maybe in reality just as hard about you know trying to clean up some of the red tape and and make our government oh, yeah, work that better. Got lots of applause. I, you know, it, honestly, that moment made me think it might be really refreshing for a presidential candidate from either side to come out and say, you know what, we all have these very lofty platforms. My first year, I really just want to hit pause and make our government work better. Mm -hmm. That would affect so many people um, in ways that I think would just multiply over time. So I I thought that was compelling. I I didn't see that as a throwaway at all. I thought that was a really compelling moment. Um, I liked the discussion about um, a more inclusive society um, and kind of the progress that's been made around civil rights during his presidency. And and obviously I liked the bipartisanship um, and the note at the end. And I, I thought it was very bold to reflect on um, the the discord right now as a regret in his mm-hmm. presidency. I, I appreciated and respected that. I'd like to see that how many presidents have said in their state of the union at the last day of the unions, like this is something I regret. I'm guessing not many. I, I would bet not. And, and it was a departure from the rest of the tone, which I think as predicted was pretty self-congratulatory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I thought that was, that was nice. I had two problems um, my first problem was just the the section on foreign policy lost me. I think that it strikes the wrong note to talk about Americans standing in the world when we have the problems in the Middle East that we have today, um, when we have the problems going on with Russia that we have. I think the president continues to speak about ISIS in ways that do not... Uh, inspire confidence about how he's handling the situation, um, even if he's right. You know, I saw where you where you posted on Twitter, Sarah, something about, you know, trust the guy with the nuclear codes. And I hear you. I, I, I get what you're saying there. 
But I also think that we need to hear our commander in chief speak in a way that lets us know he appreciates the threat that's out there. And and I just think he doesn't do that. And Martha Raddatz on ABC afterward really took him to task about that in a way that I thought was, was compelling. I did not like the bin Laden reference. (laughs) Um, And, and here's why really, I think that tone from him is such a departure from his usual cerebral kind of professorial discussion of these matters that it just feels all wrong to me. It feels jarring. Um, And, and I don't, and then it makes me think, well, I don't know which guy you are, you know? And, and I get, I get that he can be both, but I just, I did not like that. Well, that's, it it felt incoherent. I have a a question then. So if you want him to be stronger about the threat, but you don't want him to be stronger about like the successes, is that, because that feels like, it feels like you want him to be kind of like, what's the word I want? Not stronger, but sort of um, more intense and more sort of less cerebral, like you were saying. But then sometimes it doesn't ring quite true for you when he says it about Osama bin Laden. I think that it, 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 yeah, that's right. It doesn't ring true for me. And I, if he's going to have the stronger tone, I would rather have it on the side of uh, reluctant leadership on these issues instead of just kind of this continued victory lap. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was, I feel like he's trying to do what you want him to do, but he just picked a different way to do it. Right. I think he tried, he was trying to give a, like, I'm in charge. Trust me when I say everything's okay. Like that these people are, I understand that they're scary, but they're not a true threat to us. Like our, our nation is safe basically. And he was doing it by in his cerebral way. Instead of saying, like, instead of using all that sort of passion and um, intensity for citing the the real issues out there, he used it for kind of, for his successes to say, like, it's okay, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he was trying to get that intensity of that subject that you were looking for. He just used a different way of doing it. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and June has you covered. We've talked about Olive and June's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors 
in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college, y'all. He's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy well it kind of is a nice segue to my my other problem which is like the scolding of the opposition you know (laughs) which is a which is a theme with him and i don't say that to be just another like blah 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 republican i i do feel that you know I, i spent the whole speech listening to him talk about how People who don't agree with his policies are fearful of change, um, are kind of stuck in their ways. And, and and I try to back up off that, right? I try not to be too sensitive about it and to recognize that I'm reacting to something that, that not everyone in the world reacts to. But that goes along. And then we get to the foreign policy and it's kind of like, I've got this. Don't question me. And, and I, don't, I don't like that. And I particularly don't like that when it's followed by this sort of um, discussion of how we need to all come together more. You know, that I, I just think that is, look, everybody's imperfect. And there are certainly a lot of no win scenarios for a president. So I have compassion for that. I would receive things much better from him if he could could drop some of the righteousness that's where i am he is he's kind of funny i mean he doesn't it's i don't know how he he decides to balance it because he definitely does have a a balance between cerebral and then i would never use the word swagger but borderline swagger i mean i think he kind of he 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 fluctuates between the two poles. The scolding thing, I mean, I just feel like it's a dance they do. Like, he says, you know, they all t- sit there and listen. So he kind of gets this moment to, like, really talk to the opposition. And then they sit there with their arms folded and don't clap over obvious things like, you know, making technology work for us and making the economy work for us. <laughs> all these things I'm like, can we just call a truce? Like, do we have to do this dance with each other every state of the union? Can't we just 
like applaud when they're obviously positive things and I won't call you out for being the opposition. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, we've all decided like, this is what happens during the state of the union. And I, I, I don't know why it has to be like that. I think that's true. I also think that he particularly d- d- lectures. Um, and, yeah. and not that that's, that's not partisan. I mean, there are certainly Republicans who lecture too. So I'm not trying to make that a partisan issue, but it, it's something that bothers me about this president. And I agree. I think it is ridiculous to just sit kind of, um, you know, stubbornly refusing to engage in things that, that are just true things other than like, we have the greatest military on earth, you know, like you can clap for things other than the military. We, we do have the greatest military on earth, but there are also other points that we can agree on. And that's why I said, and, and why I started my section today by saying, here's where I agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think that's the most important thing. One, I have just like one other footnote. This is, a point that I was conflicted on throughout the whole speech. And I wondered what he would do with it. I was a little concerned that there was no mention of the, the 10 sailors that were being held by the Iranian revolutionary guard during the speech. I was conflicted about it for this reason. I understand that it was a new situation that it was developing very quickly and that there was a lot of risk in saying much about it. Um, So in that regard, I completely understand the decision to exclude it. However, I also kept thinking if my husband, friend, sister were one of those sailors and my president was uh, patting himself on the back over reaching an agreement with this country, (laughs) I would feel uh, less than happy about that issue just being completely ignored during the speech. So I think that was a hard one for him. I don't know that there is a right or a wrong decision, but I I had feelings about it. So I mention it. Well, I would say that, you know, with any situation like that, there's probably, you know, buckets load of information we don't know. So I'm assuming I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume it was a security issue and that they couldn't talk about it. And also, my, I'm also assuming just, you know, from all my expertise from watching seasons of the West Wing, that the second something happens like that, like he calls the family and it's like, okay, listen, this is what is like, I'm sure they, I, I'm, I'm not positive, but I have a gut instinct that when your son or daughter is in the military and they're held hostage, you get a call from somebody really, really high up. If not the president, probably the president or somebody Equally, you know, Secretary of State, somebody saying, we're watching this, this is what's happening, and they're keeping you updated. So um, I should hope to goodness that these people aren't aren't ignored, that they're getting information, even if it's not mentioned in in the State of the Union. Yeah, I think I might have advised to to cut the Iran section Yeah, um, just in light of that situation. Hey, one more thing. I was really surprised at how little time he spent on gun violence. Yeah, me too. That was a little surprising because he's, you know, it would have been such a big deal. And she had the empty seat and there was this, I don't know, maybe he was afraid of having another one of those lie situation where the guy, remember when the guy, Oh, that was so awful. So awful. And there was, and there was something else. What didn't, some of the other kind of break with protocol. Was that when the Supreme court, one of them mouthed something at him too, didn't they? Yeah. I can't remember exactly what happened. I feel like it was Alito. I feel like that's what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised, but maybe if, you know, talk about trying to put two things together in a speech. If he's going to set talk about, can we put politics, reflect what's best in us, like, shoot, can't bring up gun control. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I was just really, really surprised about that. I was that. a little surprised, too. Well, I will start with what I liked about Nikki Haley's Republican response. 
Um, I thought she was, despite this ridiculously awkward format that, again, we, we brought up earlier, needs to change. It's just so, I feel so bad for him. Like, poor Marco Rubio. Remember when he had to reach for his water and that was so awkward? Oh, like, and there's like, a curse. There's a curse with these things. Something always goes horribly wrong you know <laughs> give them an audience so they're not staring awkwardly into the camera while also reading the teleprompter which was like her eyes were like just off from the camera you know yes like just give them something give them a little something to work for that's harsh man but um i did like it i like that she started right out um with you know we need to take responsibility for this environment just as much as the democrats do um i thought it was um that was a really nice way to start it i thought that her tone was optimistic. Um, I thought she obviously kind of shut down some of the uh, worst of the Donald Trump instincts, which was great. The only part I really, I didn't like the, he's either unwilling or unable to address these threats abroad. And I'm like, okay, well you could have just said like, we don't really like the way he's addressing it. The idea that he's like unwilling or unable, I didn't really appreciate that because I feel like it doubts his, what's sort of what we were going on. We went back to, we talked about a few episodes ago, like it, it sort of doubts his motivations when why can't mm-hmm. we, we can just assume that the commander in chief cares about our military. Like we don't have to start with unwilling or unable. We can just say, we don't like the way he's doing it. We would do it this way. Yeah. Um, but otherwise I, that was the only part that I was like, eh, kind of screwed my face up. Otherwise I thought it was fine. And I thought she did a really good job. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible. And skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today. 
with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. I was really relieved because I uh, was excited when I heard that she would be delivering the response. Um, I think she's been an impressive governor. I've been happy to see her kind of break from the worst caricatures of the Republican Party, particularly in her leadership in South Carolina around the Confederate flag removal from the state capitol. So I felt like she was a great choice. And then I I did appreciate her tone. I I liked the emphasis on being an inclusive party and being a party of ideas. And so it, it made me very optimistic about the party's future leadership. You know, there's this whole sentiment of the sky is falling in the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. When you look at Nikki Haley and Paul Ryan, no, it's not, you know, no, it's not. There are some really good people. I wish that more of them maybe were running for president, although we have some good candidates. It's just that those candidates are getting drowned um, right now. And and I, I just have to get one thing off my chest really quickly. These people in the conservative media who could not wait to say ugly things about Nikki Haley's speech and to pull out the not conservative enough and the oh. rhino expression. You know what? You guys don't own the party. You do not own what it means to be conservative. I think that if you believe the government belongs in everyone's bedrooms and wombs, you're not conservative enough. How's that? You're you're a Republican in name only, you know, because you don't have true conservative principles. So, and, and listen, none oh, of that's a helpful debate. They have principles that regard their bottom line. And they know what gets clicks and they know what gets airtime like they're not people who say that kind of stuff especially about somebody like her and like you're not really concerned about the future of your party you're concerned about like i said getting clicks and getting attention like this is like ann coulter please please well that's right and and as republicans we have to stand up and say you know what i'm not going to regurgitate this cable news crap anymore i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm going to appreciate the positive direction of the party. I'm going to think on my own and do my own research and, and be passionate about being moderate. I just, I thought she was wonderful and I was really frustrated to see the conservative celebrities attacking her within, I don't know, nanoseconds of the camera shutting off. Well, so I, I feel better now. This. Thank you. I think there's <laughs> also room for Democrats and for, you know, more liberal people in the media. And I'll say it like, there, other people need to shut people like Ann Coulter down, too. Like, it doesn't just need to be the job of 
um, moderate Republicans or conservatives. Uh, you know, there's rooms for Democrats and liberals to say, Ann Coulter, your views are offensive. I do not believe that they represent America or the Republican Party or conservatives. I think they represent you and your nastiness trying to get attention. So just please be quiet. No one wants to hear that anymore. You know, like there doesn't have to be all on the shoulders of reasonable conservatives. Reasonable people everywhere can shut that stuff down. Because I think it just makes it worse when liberals and Democrats are like, see, this is what they're about. No, yes. nobody really thinks that that all Republicans everywhere agree with Ann Coulter. She is dirt. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be nasty, but she kind of is. I really struggle to find something nice to say about her. I have to I say. Don't, I don't struggle. I don't try. I don't <laughs> say nice about Ann Coulter. She's like the Marilyn Manson of political punditry. That's what she is. She's a shock jock. That's all she does. She's like, I don't think she even believes half the things she says. I don't see how she could. I really don't. But if she does, you know, bless her heart. Let's just all stop listening to her. I can't stand Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys for joining us again on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Pantsuit Politics and on Twitter at Pantsuit Politic. No S. Thanks a lot for that, Twitter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we really enjoy engaging with you there. And we will be back for another episode next Tuesday. And we'd love to hear from you between now and then. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Bye.